to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. What do we have here? What are you going to do? Are you going to kill me, Mr. J? What? Oh, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to hurt you. Really, really bad. Are you the devil? They told me about you. Stupid bats ruining date night. Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's hit series Gotham. Wait, no, no, no. no. Or the bona fide hit movie Suicide Squad starring... uh, Hey, look at that Joker. Look at this Joker. (laughs) Wow, that's an improvement on your last laugh. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I told you I'm going to workshop my Joker laugh uh, the whole night. Got it. But I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And uh, we are not closing the show yet show music (laughs) silly show music silly Uh, show music no but we're very excited to do this tonight uh we've been looking forward to this movie for months and months for like a year over a year from the second Mm -hmm. it was announced pretty much and we did our first live legends of gotham from tampa bay comic-con this past sunday uh with a special guest uh who you guys might know we're gonna bring on in just a second but then right after we went and saw this movie and it was just like the most comic booky perfect day ever it was beautiful it was fantastic and we went to see it with uh you guys uh might know him from the ends of our episodes where we always play his voicemail first but he was also the guest on the panel which will be coming out on the feed uh, next next week. next week uh but uh we'd like to welcome to the show uh mr bobby hawk how you doing bobby Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> it is going it is fantastical. Uh, so, so great to see you again in virtual space after seeing you in Meat Space just a couple days ago. In Meat Space? Meat Space. How about reality? The, spa- the spa- IRL. The space where you meet people. Meat Space. Oh, okay. I'll take it. Not M E A. We're already driving him crazy. He's like, why am I dealing with them again? <laughs> no, but we had a good time on that panel, right, guys? Oh, I certainly. Like it. Absolutely. There, there, were pe- there were people there. There were a lot of jokers. There were a lot of people that yeah. made me so happy. And, and they liked us. They and liked good. us. They and then really we went and saw us. Suicide Squad Sweet. after getting some, uh, what, Jimmy John's sandwiches? Jimmy John's. This episode yes. brought to you by Jimmy John's. Really? No. I've never had Jimmy John's. Really? Did you like it? Or are you going to go back? Uh, I used to work at Subway, so I don't really Oh, I know that feeling. That That's fair. fair. Okay, well, yeah. enough about sandwiches. <laughs> We save the sandwich talk for Gotham when Penguin eats a sandwich after he kills somebody. Uh, we're going to talk about Suicide Squad, the new hit movie. Broke all sorts of records this weekend. Super fantastic deluxe. I, you guys don't know uh, what we no. like, thought about it, but we hated it. Uh, hated it. That's but, why we dressed up like the characters. Before we get into it, uh, uh, <laughs> Andy in the chat room says, oh my god, Bill's forehead is going to be my new wallpaper. I have damage shirt across my forehead. <laughs> uh, also, if you want to join us over in the chat room with the rest of our chatters, it's live.universebox.com where we normally record every Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. EST. Okay, Suicide okay. Squad. Anne-Marie, <laughs> why don't you hit us up with the rhyming episode summary. Or movie. 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 Movie, movie summary. summary. What do you do with your back to the wall? You do what she says or she'll make you fall. When villains are heroes, for whom do you cheer? How about the Aussie sneaking a beer? Will Harley escape? The Joker gives aid. Will she forgo pudding for these friends she's made? 
Deadshot's the hero. Isn't that odd? We're all far meds with the Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad! Yeah. Anne-Marie, what'd you think? I loved it. You yeah, loved it? it was everything I wanted. Yeah. What did you want? I don't know. It was it? fun. It was it, 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 this. <laughs> this was the personification of it. Mm-hmm. No, um, I've just been really excited because it just seemed fun. Mm-hmm. It just had – it was a whole new – it was a breath of fresh air, mm-hmm. if you will. And yay. Yay? Super and yay? yay? Super yay. Uh, Bobby, what, what did you think? <laughs> Bobby was not super yay, apparently. We'll get more detailed, but, uh, you know, just mm. overall. A little over. Um, okay. It was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I, I think – I don't know if Amory remembers, but, like, right after the movie, she, like, turned to us and was like, so what did you think? And I had to think for just a moment, and I just, all I could think of was, it wasn't horrible. <laughs> I could tell. I could tell that's what you were <laughs> And, mean, there, and to be was... fair, you were distracted the, enhi- the entire movie because I was holding your hand. Like, I just kept grabbing your hand, and you kept pulling away, and I was like, <laughs> I no, Bobby. You, I wasn't Anne-Marie, but you wouldn't listen. <laughs> <to me>. uh... <laughs> Which can be distracting. Can be but distracting. I don't know, like you said, we'll get into it more, but only overall, like, I had a fun time watching it, but like, uh, like you said, we'll get into it later. Yes, yes. <laughs> How you, about you, sir? That's the entire episode is talking about this, so it we are is. going to get we into it. You're going to get into it. Um, spoilers, I liked it. Spoilers. I, I, I did not like it as much as I like Batman v Superman, because I loved Batman v Superman. Right. Like, I, I was They're two very different movies. With Batman v Superman. Uh, but I really liked this for a lot of reasons that we're going to get into, obviously. We'll just keep saying that. Uh, so, so you know what? I, I'll go ahead and launch into my first my, my first point here. My first point here. My first point here, which is I wanted to talk about the wall. Amanda Waller, uh, the woman, the myth, the legend, uh, really uh, one of the biggest characters in the movie, not, not just in terms of screen time, but in terms of presence. Yes. Uh, now, for, before I get into the wall specifically, I have to say that the whole – the pitching session that mm-hmm. she gives for uh, uh, the Task Force X put me in mind a, a lot of the post-crisis DC universe back in the 80s, right after the crisis on Infinite Earth happened. Okay. Because just like in this universe, Superman shows up on the scene mm-hmm. uh, right after the reboot happens, and then the floodgates of metahumans open. Mm-hmm. And a lot of plots back then, including in Suicide Squad, John Ostrander's uh, Suicide Squad, which he gets a like, they, I think it was like Ostrander, Ostrander Hospital or something like that did not but it was a reference to the guy who uh, created suicide squad good call uh but uh you know uh it it it, a lot of the plots revolved around you know the government and society dealing with this new metahuman problem yes and uh so well not really problem but threat that became a problem yeah yeah threat problem solution you know how whatever stuff involving a metahuman yeah so I, i just thought it was really cool to see in this young dc eu the same things that were happening in the young dcu back in the 80s but, uh, you know, that that's all to say uh, that while I, I feel – getting back to the wall, while the Enchantress is who they fight in this movie, I think the real villain of the piece is Waller. Fact. Yes. Yeah, agree. Uh, just think about it. She manipulates the protagonist, including Flag, who's like her buddy. Her right-hand man. Yeah. Uh, to do her bidding, uh, then she lets the power go to her head and uh, unwittingly unleashes a huge threat upon the world. Yeah. 
and and then her knowledge, the knowledge she has about all the military bases, yep. uh, nearly destroys the world. So, I mean, she does a lot of kind of super villainy stuff in this movie, which, you know, I'm, I'm not complaining because they completely nail the character here, even down to her working with Bruce Batman, mm-hmm. uh, both in the Deadshot uh, flashback and at the, the end. In the tag scene. Uh, so I, I, I would like to know how she slipped him the intel on Deadshot. I, I feel, felt like that was a scene that was missing, or I missed it anyway. It wasn't, yeah. I, it would have been nice because mm-hmm. she just said it. Yeah. And we just had to take it for she was fact. Just like there a, was no. If somebody knew or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I would have liked to have seen that. But uh, it, it, I, I mean, she just, uh, she was so great. She was the wall in that moment where she kills the room full of FBI agents because none of them had proper clearance. Brutal. <laughs> Absolutely awful. brutal. Yes. But, you know, I, I'd hope if there's a sequel that uh, the squad will end up confronting her more directly. Yeah. Especially after she kind of pulls the rug out from under him. No, you weren't. It wasn't for immunity. You get 10 years off your mm-hmm. ridiculously long well, sentence. She never promised immunity. Yeah. She never promised anybody she immunity. She implied immunity. Exactly. There's a difference yeah. between implying and promising. Yeah. They just all were planning on taking it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I would like to see them confront Waller. But, I mean, they won't win. I'm curious but- to see how that would go. Because could, she's going to have to be the one to take them out, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it to would initiate it again. It would definitely be interesting. I, I, but it would definitely be a good fight, too, because, I mean, mm-hmm. Waller is not up to the power levels of all these characters, but I still feel like she'd win at the end of Somehow the day. Somehow she's, she's going to win. Amanda Waller. Right. Uh, Bobby, what did you think of Amanda Waller in the movie? I thought uh, Viola Davis did a great job uh, portraying Waller. Uh, I almost felt like they went a bit too extreme, uh, you know, mm-hmm. i.e. the uh, uh, scene where she just, like, took out the whole the room. room full of people who were cleaning all of the computers for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, yeah. It was that, shocking, that definitely... for sure. Oh, yeah, no. It, it definitely was shocking. I mean, it, it definitely had the effect it was going for. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just don't know. I don't know. It felt a bit out of place. I mean, I do understand that DC is definitely going a bit more, I wouldn't say grounded, but a bit more. You know, for lack of a better word, you know, for, you know, some of us like the big buzzword. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, like I said, I, I liked I liked the portrayal of all the characters, but Waller in particular, I think Viola Davis was uh, was a pretty good ca- uh, casting mm-hmm. decision. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I, I really uh, just uh, to say it once more, that whole pitch session mm-hmm. at the uh, dinner and then in the boardroom, I, mm-hmm. I thought she just yeah, I mean, really the first like. 20, 30 minutes of, of the movie, movie is all her. I mean, you get it's the character origins her, yeah. too, but uh, really, she's yeah, giving I, you the origins. And I liked that, <laughs> especially as somebody who does, has no idea who mm-hmm. 90% of the characters are. I have no idea. I don't know any of their backgrounds. Some of them I'm still a bit confused on. <laughs> But I needed that, mm-hmm. and it gave you – well, because we saw it in 3D, and I do think it actually added to it Yeah, because all that stuff was really coming at you because it is a lot of text on screen, but it was done in an interesting way, mm-hmm. I think. Bobby, you I were going to say something? <laughs> yeah, I do agree that the – okay, the, that whole origin thing, all of that took a – I felt took a bit longer than needed. Specifically, they almost introduced Deadshot and Harley Quinn like multiple times in that whole origin montage, whatever you want to call it. And then as far as I did uh, like the whole like comic booky looking thing when they were like all the text going across the screen and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, (laughs) it it kind of reminded me of the old DC Comics who's who's where they'd have like a one page story that told you like the basic origin or sometimes it would just be like. 
day in the life of the character, and then you flip the page, and it has like the profile page. Oh. It, what what I found odd that like it just felt like out of a different movie, mm-hmm. like because like it did it wasn't something that happened before in this movie, and it didn't happen afterwards. If it was something that happened throughout the movie, even mm-hmm. if even if there were like pows and and daps across the screen, like onomatopoeias, <laughs> like old Batman sixty six or something, yeah. mm-hmm. if, if it made some sort of creative choice like that and yeah. made it I don't know it just for for me I agree that it looked cool it was visually stunning but it just mm-hmm. kind of seemed out of place I actually think it sort of went with it because it was as she was introducing those characters to the guy at the dinner you know like she's turning a page and it's basically like dos- mm, like dossier, do- dossier dossier coming to life and mm-hmm. I thought it was relevant in that section because you were get you know you get your little picture and then you get fact 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 and that's pretty much what we got was mm-hmm. their picture and then fact 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 fact. I agree with all of that. I just wish that they if it was a visual thing that they were choosing to go with, I that they I kept going they kept with that. Uh, exactly. I just don't know where else they would do it. Like I just saw it as. It, it reminded me a bit of a. I don't know if you guys. I, I don't think you have Anne Marie, but I, uh, <laughs> have seen the movie Zombie Land, where they do yeah. like right up front. They do these kind of really cool 3D text treatments where they do like the rules of surviving in Zombie mm-hmm. Land, mm-hmm. and it's for like the, the opening 15 minutes or so. And you know you got to do your cardio and you got to do this mm-hmm. and that, and it's just kind of a fun kind of into yeah. the world. You know, so, so I, I mean, I liked it, but I, I can see why where it would be off-putting, yeah. especially if you're anticipating more of a just a it, realistic kind of right. movie straight from the get-go. Well, I wouldn't say it was off-putting because mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I found it interesting, mm-hmm. and like in the moment, I don't know. I, like I said. I, my head's kind of all over the place with <laughs> because there was so much about it that I did like, mm-hmm. but then like, I don't, I, like the things I, that you didn't like took it's, over. It's, well, it's not even things I didn't like. It was just, it's just like, I don't know. Okay. I don't know if we're, if we're going to get into like, um, the news of, of what did or didn't happen as far as the way this movie was produced. I, I don't, uh, I don't, th- I think we're probably going to steer clear of those. I think, I think uh, that's what I think. Yeah. 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 As far as reviewing it, I feel like it's just best to review what you got. Rev- review. Yeah. The final product. Well, yeah. It, it, it felt like it just like this, like bunch of quick edits that mm-hmm. like at, po- at some points, like almost didn't make sense. I, I, I don't know. It, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I wish I could have seen the movie again, maybe right. two or three. Mm-hmm. That would have helped. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. But uh, okay, Amaria, back to Waller. Uh, okay, you, back to you Waller. You had some questions about Waller. I do right? have some questions. Okay. How, excuse me, did she become in possession of the Enchantress's heart and her brother trapped in a statue? Because mm-hmm. obviously she's not an archaeologist or involved with archaeology in any way, shape, or form. She's like national security government action stuff mm-hmm. so that was a little bit weird to me because that i never got that connection yeah um you know maybe she just knew dr moon from whatever mm-hmm. uh, but there was an age difference too so i don't know how they well, would i got the impression that you know after what happens to dr moon happens to dr moon that I, I mean obviously some pretty powerful people in the world would probably become aware of it very quickly right. but it's just how like i just yeah. needed a little a little transition little, just a little thread. a little thread um, and shouldn't she know that the spirit of the brother is in that other statue and maybe have a little 
a bit more security around it. You, well, I think she she thought it was cool because she had the Enchantress's heart, and you know, Flag wasn't going to let her just turn into the Enchantress without telling Waller until he did. Until he had to, because. Yeah. But I don't know. Or no, because she she said the name in her sleep. Yeah, she <laughs> so, said yeah. the name in her sleep, and he couldn't stop her because mm-hmm. she was sending the you know pictury messages through her head that she'd kill uh, Doctor Moon. So there's that. So I just thought it might be a little bit. She'd be a little bit more careful with it. Like she had it in her like bedroom closet. So mm-hmm. that just seemed a little cash for me. Yeah. Um, especially because she knows what's going to happen if anybody gets their hands on it. Mm-hmm. What if somebody else came over and like yeah. suddenly they're this evil? I don't know which brother guy. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, I, I will say though that I believe I, I read that the brother's name is actually Incubus. Oh, and so I thought it was interesting that we had Incubus and Slipknot in the same movie. That that, that would be like a really <laughs> weird double headline show. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. Yes. Uh. <laughs> so I don't know. I just had those little questions about like I feel like there were some things that just didn't quite make sense to me with her, but I loved her overall mm-hmm. so. yeah it, it definitely felt like there, there were some uh little threads here and there missing mm-hmm. for sure i, I you know I, I have heard that uh they put out a novelization of the movie oh a, a, which was oh, from the original well, was from the original <laughs> shooting script and i guess there's a lot of expanded scenes in there you know okay so like novel novel or like comic booky novel like novel novel okay see that i'll read yeah i can't read a comic i've tried <laughs> so many times people don't tell them we're doing a show based on comic book characters no i know that the they'll character- stop listening no they won't they okay. know okay i just would rather read a novel <laughs> okay sorry bobby your turn bobby uh okay um <laughs> so this is where i bring up my points uh, yes this is where you bring up your points uh, okay so what was it like she paraphrased like okay t- to paraphrase what she said, ladies and gentlemen, what if uh, Superman were to rip the roof off the Oval Office and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kidnap the president? Mm-hmm. Uh, OK, so that's how she justifies forming the Suicide Squad. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, why is OK? What does Harley or Captain Boomerang have anything to do against anything like a Superman? I mean, I could see Deadshot or even Croc or Katana, you know, the other their characters but i don't understand how harley or captain boomerang are on this team okay Okay, go ahead i got part of this at least okay so harley is just crazy and she has no basically she had no fear she will do literally anything um kind of as long as it's her idea so (laughs) they could count on her for that sort of thing she had no fear to go whoever she's up against she's up against them and I think with the promise of her being able to get out or make those – like mm-hmm. get out of the box basically, she would do it to try and get back to her pudding. I, um, but but ultimately when it comes down to it, if you're talking about facing metahuman, she's really just a crazy chick with a bat. Yeah, and she did a good job with crazy chick with a bat. Yeah, yeah but she, they weren't facing got- metahumans really. They were just facing – No, but she's in the end who took down the metahuman. When I first heard the Joker was going to be in the uh, – yeah, but she had nothing to do with taking down the metahuman though. Yeah, she did. Oh, no, she's she so- picked oh, up no, Katana's sword and sliced right. the heart out. Yes, yeah. Okay, yes, yes. She grabbed the sword. I free- <laughs> and then like she I- cho- tossed yeah. Deadshot his gun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, her gun. Uh, it was her gun. You're right. You're right. I forgot about that. They so, had to make sure everybody had to attack Bobby quick. <laughs> they had to make sure everyone played a part in something, right. you know, whatever happened at the and end. And I do have similar questions with Mr. Captain Be- mm-hmm. Boomerang, but 
I like both those characters, though. See, yeah. I, I, I have a theory on this particular criticism. Do you? Okay. Okay, so, you know, we, we get the pitch to the government guys from Waller uh, about Task Force X. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I feel like Waller's smart enough to realize that the first time they're still going to be getting the kinks out and stuff. So this is like a beta squad for who she would. They were they were called beta. Yeah, for who she would actually want in the squad. If you have like a psycho pirate in that basement or in that uh, Bell Reeve, mm-hmm. or if you have these other really big, heavy hitting uh, super villains, you're not going to bring them out first flush when you're still working the kinks out of the bomb system and this, that, and the other. And obviously, it went way crazy with Enchantress more so than they ever anticipated. Uh, but because they were just calling them out for uh, non-human threat yeah. or whatever in the subway. Uh, so I feel like this was like the beta squad to work the kinks out. And then when the real stuff hits the fan, they're going to bring in, you know, the big power players. Whoever else but, they've got. But, it, you know, just being beta, it's okay to bring in some some human type characters like a, a Harley or a Captain Boomerang or a Slipknot because – most likely they're going to be cannon fodder to keep the other people in line. Oh, you know? Slipknot. Uh, rip Slipknot. We hardly, hardly knew <laughs> we you. We hardly knew you. Comic yeah. introduction. He didn't – screw comic introduction. He didn't get any introduction. No. <laughs> he exited a vehicle. Punched and a check. had his head blown off. Yeah, pretty much. Well, if, I, if I'm familiar – if I know uh, the character correctly, if I have it straight in my head, he was actually introduced originally uh, for the first time in the comics – in the Suicide Squad and was killed in, like, the third panel he was in. He was basically, hey, here's Slipknot. Here's what happens if you mess up. Boom. Yeah. You know, so, so that's So maybe kinda, they just kept that, that, that his, to be yeah, comic accurate. Yeah, that was function in the original story, too, just to be like the, you don't want to mess around with these guys because right. they will blow your head off. Yeah, thing. it just felt like there should have been more to that. Like, maybe even someone else on the team should have died. Mm-hmm. Like, Captain Boomerang or something. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I, I was surprised that he, Slipknot that, was the only one who. I am surprised that it. we didn't lose anybody else. But Definitely. or I'm surprised. Well, I mean, I guess except Diablo. Yeah, yeah, but that that was of natural. Well, not natural causes. <laughs> that, was, but that was of meta human causes. Thinking anything about this <laughs> natural. But, uh, that was not because of the wall. That was not because of the wall. That was him defending it all. <laughs> Okay. I loved that. I don't even think I have a point on that, but mm-hmm. Diablo, oh, yeah. Brother Man. No, let's talk El Diablo. I might have a point too, but I don't care because <laughs> El Diablo was the heart and the soul of this movie when it came down. He was the worst person on the squad from a moral standpoint, and he was also the heart and the soul of the movie. He, I, I think he, he was the only one who turned himself in willingly. He, mm-hmm. did, he didn't want to use his powers. He didn't want to do anything. He, he regretted he what he to. had done. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, I just thought it was interesting how him sort of coming to realize that he had to use his powers to be the good guy is kind of what got Will Smith there in a lot of ways, too. It got everybody there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get you there, man. I loved El Diablo. I did love El Diablo. Did you like El Diablo? I, nope. agree with all, I agree with all the things he said for the most part. Um, I forgot where it was. I read it, but uh, someone pointed out like, okay, so you've got like a, a gang member on the team that's obviously Latino. You've got mm-hmm. uh, uh, an, an Aussie who throws boomerangs and drinks Fosters. <laughs> uh, I, I, there's like there's quite a few like people fitting into slots on the team and whatnot. And I, I like mm-hmm. I didn't see it at first in the movie, so I didn't think it was anything. I, I just I just found it funny. I wasn't yeah. trying to point out something. I just found yeah. it funny. Um, and now I 
went off on a tangent. And forgot <laughs> That's what this is That's all what about, That's what we're here man. for. That's what we're here for. But you know what? I'm going to bring it back around. Bring it back, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's time to look at this Joker. Look, look at, at this, this Joker. Joker. Everybody, look at this, look at this Joker. Joker. Hey, Bill is the Joker. Look at this Joker. He shot that dude. Okay, look at this he Joker. Shot a lot of uh, this is where, in this instant, we'll, we'll be looking at Jared Leto's portrayal of the Joker. Okay, now, one of my few complaints about this movie is going to come up right now. Okay. I, I, I. Don't think they had the Joker Harley relationship quite right. I think the relationship is totally screwed up, and it what that's not exactly how they presented it in the movie. I mean, they did a great job uh, with it overall. I thought the scenes that were done were done well, but they treated it more like a legit love story instead of the horror show that it actually is. I mean, they uh, did have a sides. lot. They did have a lot of the horror story elements to it, though. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like I mean, I mean it, 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 it was it wasn't uh, love American style, no. or anything like that. But at the same time, the dynamic between them is pretty messed up, and yeah. and I don't feel like a lot of that came across in the movie. It was more just like these two crazy people are in this very traditional kind of love. Where in the comics, it's no these two crazy people are in this crazy. Kind of love, I, but oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. In the comics and in the the animated show, like it was almost not unreciprocated. I like. I, it, I mean, the Joker was was cool it, to Harley, but I, I I think I think at least in the animated series, you know, I, I think he loved her. I th- okay. Uh, there's a lot of people who um, have you know said uh, you know that the Joker is almost asexual, like almost mm-hmm. you know, he's mm-hmm. just not a sexual being. Yeah. And so, like, while he may care for Harley in some strange way at the same time, and it's also apparent, I mean, there's an episode of, of the animated series where she, he throws her out a window. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a pretty screwed up relationship. You're very, right. you know, you're very correct in saying that. Mm-hmm. And the way I think they changed that in, in this movie where it was almost like a weird Sid and Nancy, Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. You know what? It, it, there were certain moments, especially the scene where he throws her into the acid and stuff. Like it, it very, it reminded me a lot of Boz Lerman's uh, Romeo plus Juliet from back in the nineties, mm-hmm. which is funny because Claire Danes was Juliet in that, yes. and she was the girlfriend of Jordan Catalano slash Jared Leto on my so-called life. life. Yeah. Oh, come around. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But yeah, like, I I don't know. Like, I think, I think on the animated series, there, there, there was, I felt like there was some love there. And I, I think of like various scenes, like the whole, like rev up your Harley scene from that one episode and a couple other ones where, yeah, there was obviously a relationship, a more, slightly more traditional relationship, I guess, uh, going on, uh, you know, between the episodes uh, that we didn't get to see a lot because normally when we were running into the Joker, he it was, was having problems or causing problems. Uh, but, it, you know, that, that part, it, the part, him digging her didn't bother me so much. I, like, it was just that I wanted it to, to be more screwed up. I wanted them slapping each other and throwing each other off buildings and, you know. Well, he electrocuted her. Yeah. 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 He electrocuted her. Well, I I the, wanted that to be a five minute long scene. No, I'm kidding. And I don't <laughs> know enough. 
I, I mean, there's already people complaining that Batman punched her in the face, so I don't mm-hmm. know how well it would have gone over with her, like, slapping her, with him slapping her around and stuff like that. Well, I like, don't know how, how much I would have wanted to see that, to be honest with you. See, I didn't mind Batman punching her in the face because he realized even, I didn't even, it didn't, I didn't even register I didn't, with me. I, I hate when people complain in superhero movies about, you know, like, you know, for, for instance, oh my God, Batman punched Charlie in the face. It's like mm-hmm. she is a supervillain that he yes. was chasing and she is a willing participant. This isn't like some, like him just going around punching chicks in the face. Right. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not to mention he, do, he doesn't punch her just to subdue her. He he punches her because he's trying to save her at that point mm-hmm. and he knows if he if she's conscious yeah it's it's gonna put them both in danger he's right. not gonna be able to save her so he's like bloop, bloop. just enough to make a point no, don't a do that point. kids don't that's do that um okay but you know other than that one little complaint i really loved leto's portrayal of the joker uh yes. i lo- a couple of things i loved i loved the hand tattoo grin mm-hmm. uh that when he put a hand his hand over his mouth and he has the hand yes. or the mouth tattooed on the back of his hand because it gave it the opportunity for them to have sort of that traditional Joker look with the big wide grin without it looking cartoony. Because it would have looked really cartoony if yeah, they had done it. if they had done it with makeup, like with Jack Nicholson, yeah. uh, for example. I, so I, I liked getting that image without mm-hmm. necessarily having it lean so far into the cartoony. And it kind of fit his character, too, the way yeah. they presented him. I, I also loved how he showed up armed to the teeth and ready to party so many yes. times throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. The Joker does this a lot in the comics. Like, you'll just be in a random scene, Batman's dealing with a thug or Commissioner Gordon's, I don't know, hanging out with his daughter. And then the Joker just shows up with the whole crew and completely destroys everything you thought you knew about reality. And, and he does that a lot in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it made me feel sort of off kilter the whole film like when is the joker showing up next like i i I never knew when they were walking around a corner or moving to a different location when he'd appear when he just like blow a hole through the wall with a bazooka and show up no that was the very end Uh, yeah (laughs) speaking of the variant i I love the swat uniforms uniforms that said joker in big block lettering across the front of them it was straight out of batman 66 i I loved it and uh, a lot of people I, I saw were saying that Harley's arc should have been her deciding that the Joker relationship was unhealthy and leaving it. I, I disagree. Her obsession with him is what makes her such an interesting character. Her obsession with this completely twisted and horrible person. I, and it, it probably says a bit about her, too, that, you know, she's, she's in some ways as twisted as and horrible as he is, even though they've tried to make her a, her a hero right. in recent years. Okay, so, so a few things to go along with that. If they'd have made Harley just leave the Joker because he was a bad guy, that's just because they're just trying to be PC. Mm-hmm. And it's Harley and the Joker in a comic book movie. Like it's not a walk Mm -hmm. to remember something with like, you know, it's not, it's not a reality type of movie. Mm -hmm. This isn't something that's really going to happen. And I'm all for taking care of the girl, but you know what? Sometimes it's just not how it goes. And and Harley Quinn is, is not 
uh, a role model character. No, she's not. She's an interesting character. She's a compelling she's character. A she's a sassy com- bitch. She's a complex sassy bitch. She's a complex sassy uh, bitch. But, but you know, she she's not exactly someone you should be model your, your life on under yeah, any circumstances. Be telling your daughters no. to look up to. No, <laughs> you know, no, she's not. How, um, one other thing, sort of with your his arm to the teeth thing. Mm-hmm. So in the room with all the question marks and all of the knives and the guns and the things, why were there baby clothes lined up? Did you That's notice a good that? Question. There was baby clothes lined out, which I thought was kind of funny if we go way to the very end when the Enchantress is um, reading minds and sending pictures into mm-hmm. people with Joker and Harley married with two little babies. Yeah. And there was two baby clothes in the beginning. I don't know. I guess it depends on where all that stuff came from because there was obviously I know, I quite... I, something I, happened. I, I was a little unsure if that was the Joker's sort of hideout, his lair, or if that was just like some place they ransacked and then his guy came and told him the news about Harley. I feel like that was his lair with yeah. the wall mm-hmm. of question marks mm-hmm. or ha-has or something. I don't remember what – probably yeah. ha-has. Probably ha-has. Um, question marks, uh, the red line. Yeah, that's, that's the other guy. But like just the way it was all lined up, like that was something meticulous. That's not something you went in and like busted some people out of there and took over. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to find 500 knives and um, guns and things unless it's, you know. Yeah. But then again, I could I could totally see the Joker coming in and just laying all that out very carefully. Oh, yeah. I, like you like could at, see it. I wanted to see the meticulous hit. laying it yeah. out. Yeah. But uh, OK, so there's that. Okay, Bobby, any thoughts on the Joker before we move on? <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. I I really I, – I, I like Jared Leto and I really wanted to like the Joker. And I didn't think his portrayal of the Joker was horrible, but I couldn't get past the aesthetics of it. Mm-hmm. I did not like what they did with the Joker at all. And and maybe I could would have been okay with it if they maybe had tried to explain it to some degree, but they didn't. Like I, I mean, like like I said before, this is almost like a Sid and Nancy slash Romeo and Juliet type thing going on, and so he is seems to be very much inspired by like a Sid Vicious type character. Yeah, uh, with the tattoos all over him and whatnot, the slick back or, you know, not spiked up hair, but slicked back hair, very mm-hmm. punk rock look to him. And uh, I don't, I mean, one thing would have been all right. Two things would have been all right. But putting all of that together and then throwing in that like platinum grill, whatever it is mm-hmm. that he's got in there, I just, I, I can't get over it. I felt they were just going for a modernization of it. Like every iteration is sort of that time period. Yeah. And basically this Joker is a rap star. Mm-hmm. Um, with his grill and his tattoos and his, mm-hmm. you know, no shirt and just a gold lame jacket, like all of that. It just felt like a very modernized version. And I think it would have been weird if we'd have gotten a classic Joker amongst all of that. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Like maybe it just it just doesn't bother me because I like that. As I, I, I think it was very <laughs> much so – and I've, I'll mention this later too. But I've never seen a uh, movie from David Ayer before. But I, I think it's very much his aesthetic Is it very too. his aesthetic? And they're trying to be very filmmaker-led as yeah. far as like the styles for these okay. movies. I, but it, as far as like an in-story explanation, I'm pretty – because the Joker didn't have any of the tattoos when he was dealing with Dr. Quinzel, right? Like I think the, he had a few. Did I don't think few? he had as many, but I think he did have some. Well, I, I, I just uh, – I, I noticed that you know Harley uh, on her upper thigh has a couple yeah, tattoos that practice are ri- tattoos. written upside down. Like she wrote them herself from her perspective. So I was, I was thinking that maybe once they got together, you know – Tattoo party. Well, I'm sure that it did, like, 
venture onto that because that's I where think her- he already had tattoos, and then yes, tattoo party. But and and I can I can understand everything that you're saying, Emery. I just mm-hmm. I don't I'm not I was I'm not asking for classic Joker. I can, right. I can mm-hmm. I could uh, uh, appreciate a new interpretation. It was just so much. It, it, it was just too much for me. It was just mm-hmm. too much. It would be like fair. I said, maybe one thing, maybe a tattoo here and there, maybe the thing on his hand would have been cool. But I don't need damage written across his forehead. I don't need platinum teeth. I, it was just. Too much. Yeah, I, I, I think it, I think it fit with the interpretation they had of him. There were because this Joker wasn't so much you know a clown prince of crime so much as he was sort of a, another mob boss in Gotham. Yeah, uh, sort of situation where he was he, he 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 was you know a mobster, a mob boss, but he he still had a gimmick like everyone in Gotham does, mm-hmm. and his gimmick was just uh, looking kind of crazy, being a little punk rock, and mm-hmm. coming in and telling really horrible dark jokes before he gets you yeah. kind of thing well, I, 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 I don't know I, I liked it I, but I can see why people would have complaints like, like, mm-hmm. the way I am though like as much as I respect the history of all these characters and the previous interpretations I, I've seen so many variations on them now I've seen dozens of different types of jokers uh, the Rastafarian Joker from the Batman cartoon. Oh. Uh, you know, that, <laughs> yeah. That, that, you know, nothing, every, every version I just take on its own. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if there are bits of inspiration or bits and pieces of other versions of it there, like, I, honestly, I notice that. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I try and look at it as it is. Well, and I think know? none of them want to be like I the am. last guy because you don't want to constantly be compared to the last guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, to be fair, I'm not trying to judge you this no. by anything else i'm not comparing it to this or that or you know oh, yeah. i am yeah, no. taking it on its own and i mm-hmm. i just don't care for it that's oh, fair yeah that's, that's, totally that's, fine. that's totally fair that's totally fair i, I think i was just keen off uh, you said something along the lines of like uh, there it was just too many changes to the joker no right? i didn't say changes okay. i said there was too much like too much stuff yeah and like mm-hmm. i said like i would i could have dealt with one thing or this thing, you know, like it wasn't about anything about changes. Mm-hmm. It was just the, the aesthetics of the character that they chose to, you know, represent in this film. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Good deal. Okay. Uh, Amory, you want to talk a little bit about origins? A little bit. So we, we kind of touched on this earlier, how we got a really pretty good flushed out backstory for Deadshot, for Harley, even for Diablo in a couple of different spots. But I could have done with a little bit more information about Killer Croc. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like we got about, 30 seconds? Yeah. They're just like, there's this guy, and he looks like a crocodile. Like, I that's felt, pretty much what I felt like I got. I felt like I, uh, out of any character in the movie, Killer Croc got the short shrift. Oh, he totally sure. did. I feel like they're building that up for – that guy and that character is going to have something else somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain Boomerang, he's just a wild dude who likes to steal some diamonds. Like, that's all I got. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there has to be a little bit more going on. Like, why did he turn to this life of crime? Because we sort of got, why did he turn to this life of crime from everyone else? Mm-hmm. So it would have been nice to have that. And it would have maybe not made us feel, so why was Captain Boomerang there? Why didn't he get yeah. basically sacrificed when Slipknot did? You know, mm-hmm. because it would have easily, they could have easily sent the two of them off together since that was the plan. Yeah. Um. And then Boomerang's just like, I'm going to wait and see if he dies, and then I'm going to go. Well, you know, so. Slipknot, again, a kind of a throwaway character where Boomerang, he's he's not a major, but he's, he's a, a guy. semi-major Flash villain. So. Oh, okay. And I did think, I did like that they pulled in Flash to capture him instead of <laughs> mm-hmm. it all being Batman. Yeah. Because we had 
two? Two with Batman? Two, yeah, two. Deadshot Flash. and Harley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's everybody. Yeah, it, it was a uh, no. It was a it was a nice way to kind of set up uh, at the end too that Waller knew about Flash and Aquaman. Yes, uh, to give the information to Bruce Wayne. Yes. So I thought that was kind of fun, too, mm-hmm. for sure. Good times. Okay, uh, let's see here. I, we're not going to do a full Patreon read because we're already... Almost an hour in. Yeah, uh, patreon.com slash universebox. Remember to think outside. Yes, please. And uh, so I, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the fun comic book moments I saw throughout this film. Yes, please, because I don't see any of yeah, them. Yeah, this movie felt very comic book to me uh, throughout, even more so than Batman v Superman, where Batman v Superman got the themes of the comics completely dead on, in my opinion. This got the moments in the visuals right. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, there's the... Uh, the dancing fire girl during El Diablo's story where he he's having the little, the girl in the cup yeah in the cup dancing on his hand mm-hmm. in fire very visual awesome and you could totally see that as like a full page thing with all the dialogue around him and the glass right mm-hmm. up front and center I, so I love that that was very comic booky uh, the enchantress's origin like I, I don't recall her origin from the comic books I'm assuming this is it mm-hmm. but it the basic premise, an archaeologist archaeologist finds a cursed artifact and becomes cursed herself. Uh, you really don't get any more Silver Age DC than that. Uh, most of uh, the Silver Age DC Comics origins the, of the hero, the minor heroes you might not know, it's all they find this mystical object or they, find, they stumble into an old temple mm-hmm. or this, that, and the other, and they become changed. Uh, so... It uh, definitely. It, uh, I think a uh, Hawkman's origin, for example, was, was like something that. similar. Uh, yeah, so really great to see that. A- and then, uh, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, Anne Marie, but the Enchantress's spell mm-hmm. over the squad uh, when she showed everybody their ultimate desires, mm-hmm. or maybe not, depending on if you believed Harley there. Uh, it reminded me a lot of the Black Mercy uh, from the classic Superman comic book story for the man who has everything. Uh, Mongol expose, in, in the story, Mongol exposes Superman to a plant called the Black Mercy uh, that lets him see what his life would have been like if Krypton hadn't exploded. Oh. And he gets stuck in this fantasy and it puts him out of commission until Batman, Robin, and Wonder Woman come in and save the day and pull the plant off him and everything. <laughs> I, I love that I also love that El Diablo, El Diablo's anger over the vision is what kind of finally pushed him over the top. Yes. He, he was like, you know, you gave me back the one thing I regret most in the world and then you've ripped it right away again and you've faked me out mm-hmm. and now you're done and I'm going to turn into a big wicker fireman guy. Exactly. I, I love that. Definitely. Definitely. I also, you know, all of the Batman scenes, uh, the, the saving Harley uh, diving under the water with a mm-hmm. rebreather, the, they did that a billion times in the animated series. They've done that a billion times in the comics so they can sell more toys like water action Batman, but still really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the moment with Deadshot's daughter, where she steps between them and he decides to spare Batman's life because his daughter, yeah, I it would like hate him forever right. if, he, if he shot Batman. That's so a comic. Book I don't know moment. if it was necessary because it was Batman. It was because she was trying to make him be a good guy instead of a bad guy. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, but but uh, it, it it was th- that's such a comic book moment, and so, something similar happens in every fourth Batman story in the comics, or something yeah. like that. You know, where some random thug is about to get one on Batman or whatever, and then the kid steps in the way, and he's like, they're like, "No, Dad, don't. He's Please Batman," don't or die. "No, don't yeah. kill a man," or whatever. And then obviously, and we're going to show this on the stream too. 
uh, the most iconic comic booky type moment in this movie was the uh, Joker and Harley mm-hmm. Alex Ross picture recreation, which I'm showing on screen right now. So great day! It was just a flash mm-hmm. that you saw it. Very it, very brief. I mean, and obviously she wasn't in the full getup, but it was mm-hmm. just him in that tux and yeah. rescuing. Well, her. no, she was in the full getup. Yeah, she no. was in the full getup. Was, oh, I missed it then. Yeah, she was in the full getup. Uh, they, there are screenshots of it out there, too, from the movie itself. But it's basically this picture you see on your screen right now if you're oh. watching over on YouTube. So, so uh, yeah, that was really, really great to see, too. Uh, and uh, over in the chat room, Andy says that Midway City, funny enough, is a hawk girl Hawkman city. Hmm. And uh, then Liz says, hello. Hello, Liz. Hello, Liz. How's it going? Okay, uh, so let's see here. Uh, those are all my comic booky moments. I like it. Obviously, there was a lot of text treatments and stuff that was very mm-hmm. poppy, very comic booky, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But we've talked enough about that. About that. Okay, you wanted to talk about something, though. Okay, so I've heard a lot of people upset with Waller calling the Enchantress girl. Um, really? Yeah, they were upset because they found it was a little demeaning. Like, mm-hmm. if you had a bazillion-year-old... Um, guy you wouldn't say boy which i mean i can kind of see but i i don't know i'm one person who's not really uh offended by being called girl because i am a girl mm-hmm. um it also didn't bother me because it was a way of waller showing dominance over that prisoner yeah i think um but i did have more of her issue with the treatment of dr moore or dr moon <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and she was treating her like a prisoner for her own benefits when really this woman's just like please save me I don't want to do it anymore. Mm. And like she says it like three times, don't make me do this again. And in, in the going. fact that she like had flag fall in love with the yes, doctor and everything, it was just a horrible, horrible. Thing. Right. Um, let's see. Nasty. Uh, similarly, people have been complaining that Harley was just there, you know, to entertain the guys. And I completely disagree. Um, yes, mm-hmm. she was scantily glad and that's kind of her deal. Yeah. But I think she was a big part of the heart of the Suicide Squad and as mm-hmm. Waller points out she's crazier than the Joker and more fearless, which we sort of touched on earlier, which made her a complete asset to the squad because she would literally do anything. And especially Mm -hmm. once she made that connection with them, she is one person. You get that her obsession and addiction basically to Mm -hmm. people and love um, that she will do anything for them once she makes that connection. So she, you know, Joker is her family, but now so are these people and you know we've seen what she'll do for Joker, so we know what she'll do for them. Mm-hmm. And that's why. Yeah, I'll d- definitely say you know Harley is a character both in the animated series and the comics and in this movie. Mm-hmm. She she is there to titillate a little bit, yes. but that's not nearly the only reason she's there. That's right. part of the character, much like Poison Ivy. That's part of the character too. Right. That's but yeah. Uh, depending on the version, some versions of Catwoman the same way. Uh, right. But that's one aspect of the character, and I mean you know. In some versions of Batman in the comic books, he's there to titillate. Like yeah. uh, he, he's he's you know a big piece of beefcake on the page, but he's also the, out there solving mysteries right. and all the other things that Batman does. So it's an aspect of the character, mm-hmm. but it's not the only aspect of the character. And it's not the only reason Harley right. Quinn was there for sure. Right. I, I totally agree with everything you guys said. I just found the one eye rolling moment I had was. When they were all given, like, here's the box of equipment you'll need to take down everything. Uh-huh. And she was given a pair of hot shorts and a bat. And then and then to carry it even further, the whole, like, when everyone stopped and she when she was putting her shirt on. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I could have done without that beat. But I, uh, other than that, I didn't think it was like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I definitely think the PC thing is a bit 
you know, that, that, that everyone's screaming about all the, I didn't even hear that thing about the enchantress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I actually, I may have gotten it from somebody in feedback, I think, but I don't remember. I just remember reading it somewhere that somebody right. had issues with it. I, I will it say it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me, but uh. I, no, I agree. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit too far. Like I said, I, I I agree with everything you guys said. It was just that one scene that I felt a bit like okay, uh, yeah, you know. yeah. But I think that's part of Harley's character. Is mm. that's I, what she? I don't know. No, I, no, I hear you. Like I said, I to, I can yeah. uh, I appreciate that. It was just like I said. It was just that one scene is the only right. one that I felt was just a bit. Yeah. Um, like I said, I felt a little weird. Right. Other than I, that was. I I will say that that's only. I was trying to grab your hand at the time. <laughs> uh, no, no, but I will say uh, just one quick point of order on that scene. Uh, you, you said uh, that they gave her, as far as the hot shorts, she had a whole box to choose yeah, from. Yeah, it, it, well, it was her yeah. stuff. It was all her so, stuff because she even she pulled out the full the traditional costume. You're right. She yeah, pulled out the whole outfit. And, and there was more in there, but she chose what she chose. She opted for the booty shorts. Not a surprise. As I do often. I mean, gotta have them. When I'm getting dressed in the morning, booty shorts, <laughs> dress shirt, tie. That's the way I go. Like I said, I, I, you know, I would love to. I, I hate fully reviewing a film or talking about a film right. without or any piece of media. Like when when I send in voicemails for episodes mm-hmm. of the shows, mm-hmm. I you know watch the shows two or three times sometimes. Yeah, but just so I fully you know right. don't I don't know so I don't miss something you know mm-hmm. like you know I wouldn't say I missed that, but you guys reminded me of it. I had totally forgot about it honestly which to be fair you do to us all the time when we're discussing <laughs> Gotham, very true. and we forget very yeah. key plot points <laughs> so turnabout's fair play uh but you know what else is fair play what uh, we're, well, we've already been talking about some stunning visuals with Harley Quinn in the booty shorts. Uh, Bobby, uh, you wanted to talk a little bit more about the visuals in this movie, right? Uh, well, I mean, we, I, we kind of touched upon it earlier uh, in the discussion. I mean, it mm-hmm. basically just that, like, like, there was a lot. The movie was great. The, the direct the director of photography and everything about the film was great. As mm-hmm. far as that's concerned, there are a lot of, like you said, scenes even from, like, the Mad Love thing and different things like that straight out of like Alex Ross and different things. But like I, at the end of the day, for me, the movie felt like, it was just that. It was just a bunch of like cut together, almost like some weird two hour movie video or, or even trailer for the movie mm-hmm. or music. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's just very odd. And, and I don't know if that's uh, a sign of the times of like, you know, all of the, I mean, it seems like year after year after year, you know, it, there, it's, it ha- there has to be more to keep our attention, you know, as far mm-hmm. as like, oh, look over here, look over here. I don't know. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Right. But I mean, if they had just picked one direction to go with, like I was saying earlier, like those, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed those comic book scenes. So maybe if they had tried to pick that up every once in a while throughout the film. Yeah, I mm-hmm. could see that. Um, and, and then there was also a few different flashbacks that like were just unjustified, didn't really need to be there at all. They were like, like with a flashback, you're usually trying to like bring in some new information. Mm-hmm. And and it was like a flashback to a scene that was well, that we had already seen earlier in the film, and then like there was nothing new in Who the context it? of the. I mean, I don't remember. I don't remember there being any. Once again, maybe you guys can. I, I really wish I could have seen this film again. Right. Mm-hmm. Which because, scene? Which scene did we flash back to twice? Uh, the 
the scene at the end where um, they're in the subway and enchant- the scene where like the enchantress goes off and does whatever and she's like she's uh, where- oh okay oh, that yeah. I can actually explain it did change um, in the we see it in the beginning mm-hmm. we don't see the in between part we only see it basically from Waller's point of view on the phone with Flag and we see enchantress talking to her brother before Waller goes like cray cray on her heart well when we see it at the end. What they tried to do before unleashing um, Task Force X, whatever, they tried to have just Enchantress take that big bomb thing that they use at the end and Mm -hmm. to place it. But obviously she's not going to place it against her brother and she bolts. And that's when he says she bolts. She just bolts. And that's when they initiate – the whole crew. But we didn't get the fact that Enchantress was supposed to place the bomb with the two seconds and that mm-hmm. that's where she bolted from until that very end. Yeah, so there was a little bit of a, a little bit. revelation just mm-hmm. uh, how she bolted, how she, why she bolted, and it kind of sets up, you know, the use of the bomb. The use of the bomb. I don't know. Like I said, I, I wish I could watch this again to try of course, to of course. Of it. Okay, Bobby, but, we're going to pause the recording. Uh, go watch the you movie. You have two hours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, it's okay. And it, porn, all right? <laughs> not officially. No. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't say that. Yeah, no. Yeah. Okay, but I, I, you know, it is you, you you kind of approach it as a bit of a detriment, but I, I sort of loved the visual style of this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I felt like uh, in the little vignettes and stuff, uh, unlike other comic book films, it wasn't afraid to sort of linger on calm and mundane moments for an extended period of time. And But at the same time, when it was lingering there, when it was like, you know, when they're unpacking their gear and everything, you're just hanging out with these characters as they're unpacking a trunk. But the things they do with the items they pick out, the little actions they take... Pinky tell you a lot about the character and kind of build the character up for you in ways that you know uh you know if if captain boomerang had ever said i like unicorns it might have come off as it might have been really weird but you see it in the bio then you see it picked up with there and then mm-hmm. later on down the line when he, when loses he drops it, and he it, picks it back up yeah it's just a subtle little joke that goes throughout the whole thing but uh, you, you wouldn't necessarily get if it was just a big guffaw like punchline right. sort of thing right and i'm actually surprised that i saw it during that opening mm-hmm. um dos at the part yeah. Uh, that it said likes pink unicorns <laughs> and then I saw him unpack one and I was like that's hilarious and then he loses it and sucks it back under check I was like yeah. see that made me happy yeah it, but I, I you know a lot of superhero movies it's action action origin this that the other characters mm-hmm. playing off each other in big dramatic scenes and I felt like this really took time and particularly in ter- along with the music to sort of linger on these characters for an extended yeah. period of time and teach you about them without you know, getting all up in your face about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, you know, all the songs, they kind of, they really fit with what the director I thought was trying to say about yeah. the characters and the situation and everything. You'll, you'll have more on that in a minute, I'm sure. I do. Uh, but I, I just loved how stylistic, stylistically the mu- movie was shot. It kept reminding me, honestly, uh, and I, I tweeted out a little something earlier, this might be the closest we'll ever get to a Quentin Tarantino DC Universe film. It reminded me a lot of Kill Bill, uh, sort of this collection of mini music video, mm-hmm. mini music video, not mini like a bunch, but mini like small music videos, uh, kind of strung together. Uh, you know, then because the, that was very much the case in Kill Bill, a lot of it was set to pop music and classic 
scores from Japanese uh, films that he took inspiration from. Mm-hmm. Then the title cards, the big in-your-face title cards, uh, even uh, the instant army fight sequence, uh, which which was just as over the top as the bride's fight against the crazy 88. If you've seen Kill Bill, uh, you know, and I've never seen a film by David Ayer before, but after this one, I'm definitely going to seek out more because, like I said, it reminded me so much of all the most awesome things mm-hmm. about one of my favorite Tarantino movies, Kill Bill, okay. that I, I want to go see if his other movies are like that. Right. Um, over in the chat room, Ray Ray says there were some things they deleted and some extended scenes that were that they took out um, that I saw would make – would have made the movie better, at least for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll do another extended edition like they did with Batman v Superman. Um, well. I, I'm sure they will because yeah. that's been very well received. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be interested to see an extended version because I know there was even some scenes that I was able to pick out from promos that they had mm-hmm. altered. And guys, mm-hmm. if I can pull it out, then obviously <laughs> it was pretty noticeable. I wasn't saying the movie. I wasn't saying the whole visually stunning thing as a detriment. I I agree mm-hmm. that all of the, I agree with everything you were saying about the comic book elements and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but I do agree. I, what I would say to, for my part was the detriment was that it felt just strung together, mm-hmm. loosely strung together. In my opinion. Yeah. Again, I I I need to see the film again. I, I yeah. just need to see the film again. Well, I I think too. Like a, a lot of times, you know, and, and I mean, I'm sure some of it's down to the editing and stuff too but a lot of times these superhero movies that we've got the past 20 years or so they're put together very in in a very linear fashion you know this happens this happens this happens this happens in in there there's not really a lot of uh i i mean obviously you know putting together a 60 billion dollar picture or whatever there's going to be artistry there but there's no there's not an artistic flair to it. There's not that style, you know, that I was talking about again. And I think a lot of times people have a hard time reacting to that because mm-hmm. they're not used to seeing that in a superhero movie. Right. I, and uh, so, so I, I think that that's a big part of the reason why it doesn't feel as cohesive to some people as it does to others. Like, I, I don't know, like I, I'm going in sort of just approaching this as a movie, not a superhero movie, not a DC Universe movie, but just well, – a movie and see and seeing where it shakes out, you know, by the end of it. What was done, how well was it done, was it worth doing, you know? I have no problem with non-linear stories. Some of my mm-hmm. favorite movies are movies like Memento and Pulp Fiction. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, so I'm not, I'm not, I don't need a, a story to, or a movie to be not, not, to be linear, to be cohesive. Oh yeah, and I, I wasn't I wasn't saying you were. I was just saying I think sometimes I, I think people don't expect that from a superhero movie. And I'm not saying you specifically, Bobby. No, I'm, no, no, no. I yeah. hear you. I, I guess I can kind of understand your point, but I I also feel like I mean, while yes, there, it's true that there have been a few that feel like they've been churned out. I also feel like there's quite a few that do feel very stylistic depending on the on the director and the team behind them any examples uh um i thought joe johnson's uh cap or i believe it's joe johnson's uh captain america was that the first one yeah he was the same dude who did Mm -hmm. rocketeer yeah yeah so i i felt like you could definitely see his style in that one that's actually Um, i i I haven't watched him in a couple years now but that was my favorite marvel movie uh you know from the ones i've seen 
for sure. Um, it sucks that Edgar Wright got got taken off the mm-hmm. project, but I do feel Ant Man. Uh, you could feel a bit of his style, but also Peyton Reed's as well. And uh, I'm a Joss Whedon fan, so you know, <laughs> of course, I'm going to say that. But I'll leave that off of the off of the table <laughs> <laughs> because I know that there's you know people who don't necessarily agree with that. Well, I'll Especially say, you know, jo- Joss Whedon has an aesthetic, but it's not in the visuals. It's all in the dialogue. Uh, there's, uh, okay, you- go watch it, the body episode of Buffy, and, mm-hmm. you know, you'll see a lot of very interesting visual choices he makes as a director. Oh. I, 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 people keep telling me I need to watch Buffy. One of these days I'm going to get around to it. I watched I've one when movie. I was in high school and I had a nightmare and I can't seem to get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> I, I've seen the movie where uh, Pee Wee Herman was the villain. Uh, he was like the bad vampire, I think. The the original movie. Oh, the, the, Let's bring yeah. it back, folks. Yeah. Let's bring okay. it back. But I'm bringing it back. Rutger Hauer was the villain. So, oh, okay. So okay. the music in this movie makes me all sorts of... <laughs> also, Suicide Squad is the Tarantino DC film. Go. Sorry. Oh, my. Okay. Um, no. Uh, and let's see. It never felt like a second thought for each song to be put there. For the music. The, for the music. Yes. I'm just going to keep – I'm just going to do my point whether you two are paying attention or not. Um, I like that it gave it a tone and an energy very specific for each of those sections. And mm-hmm. I liked that they were recognizable songs mm-hmm. because with such a – big blockbuster it's typical that you're going to get a brand new soundtrack with maybe one or two songs that you recognize redone by some brand new 14 year old pop star and mm-hmm. we didn't get that which made me praise um <laughs> because i can't handle when they do that it was nice to have music that we already had an attachment to you already had a feeling and you knew the tone that you were going to get right there like i'm sorry um eminem came on and Anne marie got like became 18 oh, I loved, I, cause when, when did Eminem play? Was it during the... It was the clothes. The it was getting, the trunks. Yeah. 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 It, it, I thought that song worked re- really well for it. Perfect. That, it was perfect. Uh, I, I believe it had Seven Nation Army by White yes. Stripes too. Yes, I really love the use of that song. There, this is... I mean, it's a soundtrack that a lot of people around our age already have all the songs. Mm-hmm. Like, you already know all of these songs. And that's why... It, that's what I enjoy about it. I like that it's stuff that was already familiar because for me, mm-hmm. that was the familiar with the movie was very unfamiliar to me. It helped. Maybe it helped me mm-hmm. to connect with what was going on. And that's is that a, weird. That's another thing that kind of set this apart from so many other comic book movies is that it wasn't this big epic score. You know, maybe a song here or two or there. Yeah. It was pretty much pop music like pop music rock music yeah. which which i thought gave it a, a very different kind of feel mm-hmm. that i really enjoyed true i i, I want to make a um, uh like a playlist of all I, the songs that's actually there. what i was thinking i was like where's the soundtrack i need that <laughs> okay uh bobby any other any thoughts on the music or do you want to move on to your last point here <gasps> last point uh the music i mean i thought it was an interesting you know all the all the songs were good uh, they were definitely uh, the first trailer that came out was what it was played against Bohemian Rhapsody yes. that everyone went crazy about. Yeah. Um, and so they definitely took that and ran with it as far as the, you know, cutting the movie to music or to pop music and different things like that. Um, you've all made the same points that I would make. I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, they chose the music well to go with the different characters and the scenes. And, you know, there you go. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and close us out with your last point here? The L uh, point. Kind of a weird tangent, but like <laughs> as okay. I was watching the film, like the whole third act, there were like elements of the Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. That, like, 
you know, like, obviously everyone has been complaining lately about, like, the third act of all of these superhero films, or any action film for that matter, has to, like, end with a big light beam going into the sky opening. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, I guess, I mean, did it happen in the movie before Ghostbusters? Or is that the thing? I actually think that was the original Ghostbusters. That was it. Now that I'm thinking about that, I think Ghostbusters is is the reason for all this now. (laughs) Ghostbusters! But, like, even the Enchantress being trapped in... Like when she she's dead, but she's not dead. She's mm-hmm. trapped in clay or mud or whatever. Just like only her face, though. Uh, so no, well, no. If you when when it, she almost looked like some weird like clay mummy, like just sitting there. <laughs> she did look like some clay mummy, but she only rips it off her face. And then she moves perfectly fine. And then fine. she just covered it. And then she's yeah. good. Yeah. And then she's just dirty in a bikini. I love that effect though, because I, yeah, I was not was expecting like the, the split peel of the off. face to happen. Yeah, but but I mean that's you know, like for some reason when that whole light thing kept coming on, that's all I kept thinking was Ghostbusters. And then when with her at the end, I was like, holy crap! It's actually she's actually <laughs> yeah. trapped and clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> clay version of the person she was possessed by see it's been so long since i've seen the original ghostbusters yeah. i don't remember that i remember the stave puff man and i remember sigourney weaver being possessed i literally only remember the Moranis too <laughs> yeah they both turn into terror dogs and yeah then at the end they're like just sitting there in ash but then they crumble apart and they're inside the terror dogs so very similar very similar yeah. <laughs> i just like i said i'm sure it wasn't like oh my god we're ripping off ghostbusters it was just like Right. that like the whole thing there I kept for some reason I kept thinking mm-hmm. Ghostbusters and then that happened and I was like holy crap yeah you know one thing I didn't like about the movie what uh, I didn't like the look of uh, the Enchantress's de- bikini the, no the de-aged Enchantress mm-hmm. like uh, when she's not all spooky scary when she's in the, like the green dress after she hooks up with her brother, like well, not hooks up with her, not hooks up with her brother. Thing uh, and stuff. What's that? With like the big headdress looking thing. Yeah, the yeah. like weird moon. It was Doctor Moon, so yeah. I think that. And might then have... like her, like the whole dancing thing, and why? Uh, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Yeah, the whole like I liked I, creepy I, enchantress versus creepy enchant- seductress enchantress. Creepy enchantress is best enchantress. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the like, flex. What I did find interesting is like. The whole time, I thought the Joker was going to be the villain in the piece leading up to everything, all yep. the mm-hmm. promos heard. Yeah, exactly. And in that case, it made more sense to me for Harley to be on the team because then it's almost like a, we need someone who's going to be able to think like the Joker thinks mm-hmm. type situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe that's why I was just I, I was thrown at, you know, when I found out that the Joker really has nothing to do with with why they're there or anything. Mm-hmm. So that kind of threw me, and and I I I really thought the Enchantress would just be part of the team. So did I? Maybe at the very mm-hmm. end, turn for some reason or something. And I I really didn't expect in the second act to just have that be the pivot, you know. Yeah. Because of Amanda Waller, especially like I didn't like, that was the thing that surprised me is I didn't expect Waller to be involved in that Enchantress going rogue because I I knew going in. That Enchantress was did the you? main villain. See, I didn't. I uh, but I did I not expect it. it to be because of Waller. Uh, Good. Yeah, I look Good at deal. spoilers a lot. That's what you do. Okay, uh, Ray Ray over in the chat room says, "Love the music. My favorite was the end credits one, Heathens." I nice. definitely have to check that out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the time has come. The time has come. The time has come to decide once and for all, but by throwing an arbitrary number down, what we think of this movie. Okay. So out of 77 naughty Joker 
text messages. <laughs> How many naughty Joker text messages do you give the movie Bobby? Hmm. 77. Just threw this number at me. Give me a second. I guess, um, like I said, I had fun watching the movie. I, I, I definitely enjoyed some of the visual choices they made. Mm-hmm. I, I just really wish I uh, – like I'm just going to end up repeating myself over and over <laughs> again. So I'm going to say like 56. 56? 56. Fair enough. Anne-Marie, out of 77 naughty Joker text messages – and by the way, in the chat room, you can chime in too if you want to. How 72 many? and a winky smile face. 72 or a winky kiss face. And a winky kiss face. Wow. Yeah, this Joker would definitely use emoji. Oh, they're they're all. I think he did actually use emojis a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I I loved this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm I'm gawking, but I from the second they announced that Jared Leto was going to be the Joker, I got really excited. Then they started releasing the pictures, I got even more excited. I know nothing about any of these people. I don't know what it was that really made me so into it and so looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. But with every bit of information or picture or video that came out, I got more and more excited and I was entertained. I was happy. I left the theater other than very tired because it had been a long day, (laughs) really fulfilled with my movie viewing time. So 72 and a kissy winky face. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because I feel like they totally are emoji people. As for me, I'm going to give it uh, 70 and a sorry cannot send message. Would you like (laughs) to send us a text message? Uh, Because... (laughs) I, I really liked it. I don't think I liked it quite as much as Anne-Marie did. Uh, but I, again, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I thought it, w- it was great. It, it, like I said before, you know, it was everything I could have wanted in a Quentin Tarantino-directed DC Universe movie, <laughs> except it wasn't directed by Quentin Tarantino at all. Yeah. Uh, but okay, well, uh, we, we have a couple voicemails and some letters and stuff, but, but yeah. before we do that, we're going to let Bobby go because he can't, can't he hear, them to hear them anyway. anyway. Uh, so, Bobby, thank you so much thank for joining us. Thank you so us. much. It's uh, been great spending so much time with you this week. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. All day Sunday and then Tuesday night. <laughs> when will you be posting the uh, video? From the panel? From the yeah. panel. Uh, Next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll post it later on this week on our YouTube channel. Okay. And then we'll post the audio from it over on the Legends of Gotham feed next week sometime. So it'll be bring more or less next week's episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Pretty much. So it'll oh. be good. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Uh, where can people find you online besides our next episode of Legends of Gotham? <laughs> um, you know, Facebook, Bobby Hawk, just my name. Uh, you said it's like Ethan Hawk, but I own my <laughs> name. So... <laughs> No, you it's totally like stole it from Ethan Hawk. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Inevitable Hawk. Uh, again, H A W K E. Awesome. Well, well uh, we're going to thank you again, Bobby, and then we're going to hang up on you. So bye. Bye, Bobby. Talk soon. Oh, and oh Bobby's really quickly gone. hung in. Yes, okay. we did. And we're back. And we're back. It's just us now. No, that was good. That was good. good. I enjoyed talking with Bobby. Hi, Ultra 99 in the chat. Hi, how you doing? But, uh, you know, as always, we have some listener feedback. If you want to send in feedback on Suicide Squad, on the new season of Gotham, anything, emails legendsofgotham at gmail.com. The Twitter's at Legends of Gotham. The Facebook is facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. 2352. And we had a couple people do that today. Uh, first of all, Liz. Take it away, Liz. Woo! Hi, this is Elizabeth. Um, Hi. How are you doing? So here's my take on Suicide Squad. Um, I loved it. And my favorite part about it was how the music 
was very well paired with how mm-hmm. they introduced each of the characters and throughout the film. I thought that they did really well with the music. Um, I have had that Harley Quinn introduction song in my head for days, and I found it on YouTube, and I keep playing it. So I really enjoy the music. Not as much as Guardians of the Galaxy, but... That's not what we're talking about. So um, I enjoyed that, and I, I overall enjoyed the film. Um, I never thought for an instant that the Joker was dead. Never thought it, and then he showed up at the end, and I was like, okay, there he is. You know, and I was waiting for him to make a grand entrance, because I knew he wasn't dead. It's the Joker. Come on. He can't die. I mean, I don't read the comics, so I don't know, but... No, that's totally in the comics. He always dies, and then he comes back two, two months later. In my opinion, he can never die. He's, he's too evil. But um, I liked the romance between Harley Quinn and the Joker, because I've never actually really seen that before. So mm. I thought it was really cool, and um, it was it was really cool. It's like they, they, they are, um, they, what do you call it? They complete each other with their psychoness. <laughs> you, you know? complete they just, me. They're, they're the perfect they found their perfect version of themselves in another person. So, yeah, it was a good movie, and I'm trying to keep this short, so I'll let you guys go. Um, I'm going to listen to the podcast later, and have a great day. Bye. Thank you very much, Liz. If you did like the Joker uh, Harley Quinn love story, I highly recommend to you the episode of Batman, the animated series on Amazon Prime and a couple of other services. It's called Mad Love, and it's the original Harley Quinn origin story, which is basically a long form half hour version of the little five minute that we got, we got vignette, in this. Yeah. I, she doesn't get thrown into the acid cause that's a new 52 thing. But besides that, all the same uh, over in the chat room, Ray Ray gives it 66 naughty Joker text messages, liked it, but didn't love it mainly for the same reasons as bill. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Bobby says in the chat room, cause he's in the chat room. Now my favorite part was when Deadshot literally said like some kind of suicide squad. Well, yeah. they got to get the name. For well, it was Will Smith. He had, and it, that's a very Will Smith type of line. <laughs> Okay, uh, next up uh, from our sister podcast, uh, Supergirl Radio, Rebecca Johnson, a.k.a. at Derby Kid, wanted to chime in here. And then she got cut off and then she chimed in a little more. What's up, Legends of Gotham? What's up? And I'm calling in with some thoughts on Suicide Squad. I will admit that I'm not over the moon about this one, and I had trouble understanding some of the plot. I have questions like, what was the machine Enchantress was building, and who shot down the helicopter that the squad Frosty machine. was flying in? I don't know. Maybe you guys can answer that, but those were some questions I had that left me a little confused. But there were a lot of things I really liked about this movie. Wilson Smith impressed me as Deadshot, which surprised me because he was what I was least excited about going into it. Viola Davis as Amanda Waller shooting down her own crew was brutal, (laughs) and yet so very Amanda Waller. Margot Robbie gave a much more layered performance as Harley Quinn than I was expecting. She absolutely nailed the voice and the mannerisms of the animated version, but even more than seeing her brought to life on the big screen, I loved seeing her fantasy of sharing a normal life with Joker. I was not expecting that at all, but seeing her hit the normal wash on the dishwasher was quite literally a nice touch. And the most it reminded me of somewhere that's green from Little Shop of Horrors. The thing about that look into her mind is that she'll probably never have that with the Joker. And I loved Margot's performance because yes, while Hey, it's Rebecca Johnson. I got cut off earlier, and clearly I have more to say about this movie than I initially thought. Um, but uh, even though there's so much to talk about these 
with these characters and this movie and the way it was brought to life. But I will leave it at those thoughts, and I really look forward to hearing what you guys have to say about it. It was just the wrap-up. Oh, oh, oh. oh, stop it, Liz. Stop it. Okay, okay. Thank you, Rebecca, though. Thank you, Becca. Very much. And we're going to end up with a review from Monica Jones. From Monica Jones. All right. This was her spoiler-free review because she posted, like, the day it came over. Um, disclaimer, I don't read DC Comics. Overall, it was a fun movie. For those who griped, Joker was never on the squad. Well, he still isn't. The main gripe I have about the movie versus comic book comes from my vicarious understanding of Harley Quinn. There is a bar scene where she has a great opportunity for empathy with a team member, a time for the shrink in her to come forth, and <laughs> it does not. She spends the movie being hot chick made more hot by her cray cray. Hey, I, I like that criticism because that's something that no one I, – I haven't heard anyone else bring up. And I mean she – I guess she does get into it a little bit with El Diablo where she she's like you own, own that, that shit. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> Stuff. Sorry. <laughs> Quoting. Um – yeah, I think it's just so far gone that it ain't coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Amanda Waller. They made her just as bad a as Nick Fury, though. You can say badass. I can say badass. Ba- I can say badass. I just uh, <laughs> <laughs> though her repeated referral to Enchantress's girl. Aha! This is where I got it. Was grating. If you have a six thousand plus year old male, you don't refer to him as boy. So drop your stupid. Um, everyone else was great. Go see the movie. Thank you very much, Monica. <laughs> And uh, like uh, we said, we're going to be back next week uh, on the podcast feed or on the YouTube feed in a day or two uh, Mm -hmm. with our live panel from Tampa Bay Comic-Con. Highly recommend you check it out. They laughed at our jokes. They Uh, did laugh at our jokes. And we'd love to hear what you think about anything. Everything. Literally anything. Send us an email, legendsofgotham at gmail.com. Twitter's at legendsofgotham. The Facebook is facebook.com slash legendsofgotham. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Anne-Marie, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at amdsimone or check out my blog, crunchycrafty.com. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. You can follow all of the podcasts we do at universebox.com, including joining in on our chat. It's live.universebox.com. Keep an eye out on our Twitter feed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for when we're going live with that. And you know what? You can uh, go kill yourself because we just reviewed Suicide Squad. No, do not. Okay, go. sorry. No, no, no. Amanda Waller will do it for you. Just oh. cross her. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. Uh, but uh, thank you guys so much thank for joining us. Uh, we love you, each and every mm. one of you. Join us next time for more Legends, Legends of Gotham. Gotham. Oh, wait, where is it? There's, there's my tattoo mark. Damaged. You look damaged. <laughs> I'm off my meds. I like what you're selling, lady. Yeah, uh, Bobby says Bill Every always knows when to cross that line. That's my, that, I'm damaged. I'm telling you. True that.